man, I've got this, this, this message today. Is, it's going to be so much fun because it's about generational blessings. We're, we're deviating a little bit from our freedom, uh, stories of freedom for today. And it's about generational blessings. And just the, even the title sounds good, doesn't it? Generational blessings. And I think the invitation time is going to be very important. So we, we, we've kind of conserved some time for, for invitation. I, I believe that God's going to really move powerfully today, and we'll just see what he does. But we're going to be looking at Psalm 112. Now, Deborah Huntsucker read Psalm 111 first this morning to start the service. So if you're late, I challenge you to go back and read Psalm 111 before, or this afternoon sometime, and then read 112. They're just 10 verses each. They more than likely were written by the uh, King David, uh, and they were written probably more than likely one right after the other. And in Psalm 111 really touches on, it's, it's really about God, and then, and, and then Psalm 112 is about us, what, what we get from God and what we do with what God has given us. So 111, Psalm 111, 112, and, and today I'll be reading from the Passion Translation, which I think does so much justice to the Psalms, maybe more than any other of the books that they, that they translate. But Psalm 11 ends with the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom, okay? I know that was, is one of Brother Basil's favorite scriptures. It's probably on the wall in his, in his office. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, the fear of the Lord brings godly wisdom. Now, the fear he's talking about here is reverential awe, fear, in awe of God fear. Uh, this is not the fear that I'm afraid he's going to beat me up if I mess up. This is a reverential respect and honor of God. And it's just the fear of the Lord. And so when we get this, this foundation of this fear of the Lord in the, is the beginning of our wisdom, then we can see how it's going to affect our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and the next generation. I don't know if you've noticed this morning, we sang about generations in almost all the songs. It's been about generations. That the blessing and that we're a part of this generation. This is our generation. There's one coming after us. It's already here. And we're supposed to affect that next generation. But we've got to take care of this one first before we can get and take care of the next generation. Amen? <laughs> that was so weak. <clears throat> Amen. All right, this is going to be that way. So we're going to be here for a long time till y'all get revved up. Except for the seniors, we're going to dismiss them to eat the meal while you stay here and listen to me. <coughs> so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 112, uh, starting with the verse 1. It's going to be on the screen also. I love this. It's shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. <laughs> okay, it's going to be that way. Let me read that again. Maybe I didn't hear that. Shout. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. He's the God of more. He's the God that can do more than we ask or even think or imagine, the Bible says. He, he didn't say, I'm going to give you an abundant life. He said, I'm going to give you a more abundant life. He's the God that says, I'm more than, we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. That ought to excite you. So that's who we are. That's who we are, people. 
So the first thing what you see this morning is that there are foundations for blessings. They don't just come because you know Jesus. They don't just come. There's foundational things, truths, that he's just shown us in this verse that sets the table for us to walk in the blessings of God. I know it sounds simple. You know, we just celebrate the Lord. We praise the Lord. We, we delight in the Lord. We cherish his words, and we, we're blessed beyond expectation. But there's a lot right there that you can unpack. There's a lot there to unpack because when we really truly delight in the Lord, that means we really delight in the Lord. We delight in his ways. We delight in his commands. We delight in his words. We want to be with him. We want to talk to him. We want to listen to him. We want to hear him. We want to sing to him. We want to praise him. We want to get in his word. That's when you delight in the Lord. So many of us, we delight in the world. And we, we like this and we want to go after that and we watch this and we listen to that. But that's not that. He's not talking about that kind of delight. That's the wrong kind of delight. He wants us to delight in him. How many grandparents do we have here this morning? Right? Stand up. You're a grandparent. Stand up. How many of you got now? If you've got grandchildren, remain standing. The rest of you sit down. If you've got grandchildren, stand up. Rest of, how many of you delight in your grandchildren? I can't wait. We almost get, you can sit down. We, we almost get a video every, almost every day of, of Ezra. My man, he is, he is seven years old. And guess what? He's smarter than any of your grandkids. He is a delight to us. We love to see him and hear his voice. And when we FaceTime him and we just, ha- we adore him. And, and see, that, that should just be an inkling of how we really delight in the Lord. The way we delight in our children and our grandchildren. We, because we should want to be in his presence. We should want to do some FaceTime with Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we have these foundations for being blessed. So what's the problem? You know what the problem is? It's us. Say, the problem is me. We get so focused on me that we forget to bless him. And then we expect him to bless us when we're not blessing him. But it starts out, it says, shouting in celebration of praise to the Lord. Not to you, not to your neighbor, not to your grandkids. He says, shout in celebration to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words. His words. The word of God will cherish, his, will, will cherish those words. And then he says the blessings will they'll come beyond, be, beyond expectation. Woo. See, the, the, the world has a view of, of success and God has a view of success. The world has a view of blessing and God has a view of blessing. And they are not the same. They are not the same church. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no other foundation, say foundation. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Anybody ever heard of Pastor Samuel Rodriguez? I watched a, a reel this week. Man, it just, it got me. How many of you have seen the reel where it says he had a, a board of, uh, from another church, of, uh, some, a group of men or women, and they came to him, and they wanted to know how he leaned. Anybody seen that one? They, they, they came to him, they said, well, well, Pastor Sammy, how do you lean? And he said he thought about it for a little bit and thought, you know, if I give them the answer, they're not going to like me. Yeah. They said, because we lean to the left. And you know what his response was? I don't lean. We don't lean. We stand. Say, we stand. Come on, stand up. Say, I stand. I st- Come on, stand up. I stand on the word of God. I stand on his promises. I stand on his truths. He is my firm foundation. Okay, come on. Let's give the Lord a hand. Woo. You may be seated. We got to stand. 
You know, the old saying is, if you don't know what you stand for, there's you no know, telling what you'll fall for. We're in a day and a time when we're, called, we're being called out as Christians. Are we going to stand or are we going to lean? Oh, I'm going to lean to the left, I'm going to lean to the right, I'm going to get in a political battle. No, we stand on the Word of God. He's our firm foundation. Ain't no president going to get you to heaven. Ooh. I haven't seen any presidents die for me. Any politicians die for me. Jesus died for me. He died for you. He said, I'm, I'm worthy. He said, I'm the foundation. The Bible says he is our firm foundation. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. So when somebody asks you, well, how do you get to heaven? And you murmur and stammer around. Listen, that's a, you, listen, you need to know. There's one way and he's Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about the Bible. Well, I do. It's the word of God. It's true. I had somebody t- text me one day and said, well, I don't think this, Bible, this book should have been in the Bible. Oh, you know what? God made a mistake, right? No. He knows what's in his word. He knew what was going to be here today that we're speaking. So we, we really have to get back to play. Are we going to be a people that stand on the, on the rock of Christ? Or are we going to waver? Are we going to lean? And, and so, so we don't offend anybody. If you don't know about offense, go back and watch the sermon on freedom from being offended. Okay? Because if you're a true believer and if you're standing on the word of God, I promise you, you're going to offend people. And it might be your neighbor, it might be your boss, but listen, you better stand on the word of God. You better not back down. Blessings come when we don't back down. God doesn't bless us when we're mealy mouth and weak. He didn't bless that. He blesses truth. Amen? Amen. Verse 3, to verse 2. Then their descendants, their descendants, say me. Their descendants, this, I want to, we're going to make it really personal at the end. Their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every generation of the righteous will experience what? His favor. Say his favor. Amen. Great blessing and wealth fills the house of the wise for their integrity endures forever. And some, that's one of the kind of a lost thing in, in, the script, in, in, in churches today is an integrity and character. Well, I'm just covered by the grace. Well, good thing you're covered by the grace, but because you're covered by the grace of God, you ought to be walking in the character and the integrity of God. There are benefits to being God's children. Say there are benefits. How many have an insurance policy of some kind? How many of you know it has, you, you have to read and find out what your benefits are? Well, I'm going to tell you, the best insurance policy you got ain't going to be good enough. It's not anything compared to God's benefits, his plan. And he speaks of this in Psalm 103. David, see, it's, it's the Psalm of David. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Sometimes we just forget his benefits, don't we? Have you ever had a policy and you didn't really even know your benefits because you didn't read that 400 pages of fine print? But have any of you ever had an insurance policy and you didn't know it covered something, but it did? You're like, woohoo! But we forget what, what it covered. Here, listen, he's going to tell you what his benefits are. Here's a benefit plan of God. Who forgives all your iniquities. How many? All. Who heals all your diseases. How many? All. Who redeems your life from destruction. In other words, we were headed to be destroyed and he redeemed us. He bought us with the blood of Jesus. That's what the word redeems paid for. Who redeems us from, from, from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Anybody want to be crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies? 
who satisfies your mouth with good things. And he's not just talking about peach cobbler, which we're going to have after this. <laughs> Sorry, you under 60 people. Well, I want to be older. No, I just wait. We'll feed you later on. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Now, look at this. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yeah. Woo! Don't you want your youth to be renewed like the eagles? Flying high, soaring above all the crud of the earth, and the stuff of the world. And that's, what one of it, that's his benefits. Let me ask you this morning. Which ones do you want to live in? The world's benefits or God's benefits? Because he forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, he renews. Pretty good insurance plan. I want to read this again, verse 2 again. Their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every one of these verses is a sermon, but we're not going to do that today. I want you to listen with your spiritual ears this morning especially your moms and dads and your grandparents. Listen to this. Their descendants, my descendants, your descendants will be prosperous. How many of you want your kids to be prosperous? And influential? Come on. In a good way, right? Every generation of the righteous will experience this favor. Do you want your kids and grandkids to walk in the favor of God? Then you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to love Jesus and go after him, all right? Great blessing and wealth fills the house of the wise. How I many you want your grandchildren and children to be wise in the Lord? Have the wisdom of God. I, I mean, I do. I, I, we pray that over our kids all the time. That they, they have wisdom. They have discernment. They have the, the spirit of discernment. That they, that they have the, the wisdom that God gives. Not what the world gives. Because the world's right there waiting to give all of us wisdom. But it's not God's wisdom. For their integrity. Oh, listen to this. I want my kids to walk in integrity forever and ever. I want my kids to walk in character. I want my kids, when they say yes, it means yes. When they say no, it means no. I want my grandsons to know that same thing, that when they say something, they're going to do it. And if they say I'm going to do it and, and, and they agree, to, they're going to do what they say. They're, they're going to be people of integrity. But see, that comes down. It trickles down from moms and dads and grandparents. It trickles down because we are people of integrity. We are walking in character. You know that old saying, don't do as I do, do as I say? Or is that how it goes? That's, that's stupid, isn't it? That's just, a, that's just a, one of those sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie, too, because words hurt. And we need to set an example that they follow and not say, well, I know I mess up a lot, son, but you, I, you, you can't do that. Now, I can watch this, but you can't watch that. Hmm. Right? So, let me ask you, moms and dads and grandparents, do you want your children to be blessed by God or burned by the world? What? Okay, that's good. Y'all are right in unison. Sound like a choir there. <laughs> Do you want your children to live in the wealth and wisdom of God or the greed and deception of the world? Because the world is right there at the door of our children and our grandchildren. He's right there at your door, moms and dads and grandparents. And he's got a counterfeit 
And it looks good, smells good, feels good, tastes all those things. And God says, stay away from that. Follow me. Follow me if you want to walk in the blessings. Follow me to integrity. Follow me to righteous conduct. Follow me to character. Be grounded in the faith. Verse 4. Listen, this is incredible, y'all. This is just beautiful. Even if darkness overtakes them or us, sunrise brilliance will come bursting through because they are gracious to others, so tender and true. It is good for the one who is generous and charitable, conducting affairs with honesty and truth. It's good. Life is good. Say life is good. But see, there's a condition here. Life is good for what? For those who are generous, they're charitable. They conduct their affairs with honesty and truth. I was a car dealer for many years, and most people, I always resented the fact that the world, or actually the public, assumes that car dealers are dishonest. It's kind of like they, we all assume politicians are dishonest, or lawyers are dishonest. Don't do that. Don't pigeonhole people and, and label them and you, if you don't know that person. People would come to my law and they would just start cussing like they would assume that I cussed. I would, I would correct the stop, sir. No, we don't take the Lord's name in vain here. That's just not who I am. I don't want to hear that. Please stop it. And they would stop and they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were a car dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and they assumed that I would lie to them about a car. I said, no, this is wrong with it. That's, you don't want to buy it. You know, here it is. God's called us to be honest and, and, and people. See, if we, we think we can make a little extra money by lying, I'm going to tell you that will get you in the rear end and bite you so hard. You know what? It's so easy to tell the truth. It just really is easy to tell the truth. Unless some, you know, how do I look in this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> she always does. I remember a story about a guy, a preacher. He said, this lady made him a, made him a cake. She said, I'm going to make this cake for you. <laughs> and he said, it was the worst horribly tasting cake that he had ever tasted. In his life. It was horrible. Anybody ever make you something that was like? Oh, yeah. And so she said, saw him at church the next week. How'd you like the cake? And then he had already been praying about it because he knew she was going to ask him. <laughs> what am I going to say? And he said, well, ma'am, he said, I've never had anything like it before in my life. <laughs> But, but there is a sneaky way he was actually lying to her. Think about it. He, he knew how she would interpret that. So you've got to be careful. Sometimes it's just best not to say anything. Well, ma'am, I didn't die. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now I've got to find where I'm at. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Verse 6. Yes, we're in verse. Thank you. Diana. <clears throat> Their circumstances will never shake them. Now, again, listen at these things that are good, are, are, are blessings to us if we are givers, okay? That's what we're talking about here. Their circumstances will never shake them, and others will never forget their example. How many of you have people in your life that you'll never forget the example they set for you? Come on, lift your hands up. I mean, in a good way. Yeah, some of you went, oh, he's a bad example. But we remember those people, don't we? If, if you ask me about somebody setting an example for me, I'd always go back to my brother-in-law, Paul Sanders. I would always go back to him. He's the first person that comes to mind because he always set an example for me of integrity and honesty. 
He just showed me what Jesus looked like. That's what we're supposed to do, church. It's not complicated. Verse 7, they will not live in fear or dread of what may come, for their hearts are firm, ever secure in their faith. Let me move that out. Verse 8, steady and strong. Say steady and strong. They will not be afraid, but will calmly face their every foe until they go down in defeat. Amen? Amen. Verse 9. I want you to catch all these words. Never stingy. Say never stingy. Always generous. Always generous to those in need. They, they live lives of influence and honor that will never be forgotten, for they were full of good deeds. Conditions to being blessed, church. The third thing I want you to see this morning is the blessings of being a faithful giver. Oh, he's going to start talking about money. Yeah, I am. But not just money. I'm going to talk about being a giver. It's, it's way so much, more than, it's so much more than our finances. We always get locked in on that because that's probably sometimes what we struggle the most with. Paying a bill or you know, buying a house, whatever it is. We struggle sometimes with finances, so when the preacher talks about finances, we kind of go, oh, shoot, there he goes again. Listen, if I didn't tell you about, fi- about ble- being a giver, you would not be able to be blessed. <clears throat> so I'm asking you this morning, you want to be blessed? Luke six thirty seven, Judge not, Jesus said, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. He's setting the stage here for verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. What's next? What's next? And what, what's next? And it will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What does that suggest to you? Is, it, is that hard to figure out? If we're givers, then God gives back. And he doesn't just give back. He, he presses it. Look, there's this money. I'm going to press it out so y'all can put more in here today. Press down. Oh, shake it together. Shake it together. Shake, 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 shake. Running over. Ah, great illustration. So we can put more in. Amen. See, there's this principle that God gives us called sowing and reaping. It's a principle of God. God's principles are like right on. You need to get his principles and, and understand his principles because if he says this is what it is, this is what it is. So you don't have to worry or fear. See, he's talking about all these. Did you see how many times he said, if you're a giver, you won't have to fear? The darkness is coming in. You won't have to fear anything. You just walk in faith because you're, you're a giver. You're a tither. You're, 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 you want to bless other people. He says, once you sow, what, whatever you sow, you're going to reap it back. And you're going to get it more than you actually thought that you were ever going to get. In, in Malachi 3.10, and we'll just go straight to Malachi 3.10. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says, and try me now in this. That's the only time in the scriptures that Jesus or God says, you can test me or try him. He says, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not be room enough to receive it. <clears throat> Pastor, I just don't have anything. Pastor, can you help? Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Are you giving? Are you giving? Are you giving? Are you just like, give me, give me, give me? 
See, that's, it's our prayer life is the same way. Sometimes we just go to prayer. God, give me, give me, give me. I need this. I need that. I need this. Bless, bless Jimmy. Bless Tommy. <clears throat> Lord, bless the whole world. I just need this. And you never even acknowledge that he's God. You never even thank him for what he's already given you. And you expect him to bless you. Man, we got to get this back, turned back around, church, so we can receive the blessings. Because he says, I want to open. He said, I want to open the windows of heaven. I don't know what they look like, but I'm, I'm sure they're nice windows. <clears throat> can you just picture in your mind Jesus going over to the window going, Blessings. Oh, 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 oh. I can't, I can't. See, he didn't want you to hold them all because he wants you to give them away. He wants you to give them away. And look what he says here. <clears throat> I'm telling you, he, he wants you to learn this principle. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. For your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. See, I, I would look at this fruit, and, or the vine uh, would not fail to bear fruit for you in the field. I'm looking at this almost as, as a generational blessing to our children. Because they're the fruit of our womb, aren't they? He says, I want to bless you. I want to bless your children. But you've got to learn that there's some principles that I've laid out for you. And they're good for you. He's not trying to steal from you. He's not trying to make you poor. Well, God, he, he need, why does he want my money? I've got a bill to pay. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. Amen. He wants your trust. And all the nations, listen to this, this just gets so, it just keeps, keeps getting better. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You, you can call me this because I am. You can say, Harold, you're blessed. I'm blessed. My wife is blessed. Our family is blessed. And I'm not ashamed to say it because one of the reasons that we're blessed is because we tithe. We've been tithing since we were 19 years old when we didn't even know why we were supposed to tithe. Except the preacher said, you're supposed to tithe. And he read it from the book of the Bible said, you're supposed to tithe. And my mama said, you're supposed to tithe. And I began to tithe. She began to tithe. When we first got married, we tithed and tithed and tithed and tithed and tithed. And I'm not ashamed to say the fact that we are blessed because of that. Because we are following the mandate of the Word of God. Now, if you want to hold back and be stingy, you can be stingy. But don't expect the blessings. A true giver that gives with the right motives will not be overtaken by darkness, is what he says here. Circumstances won't shake them. And others will see their example. I know people in this, I don't know what people give. I, I don't. I don't want to know because I don't want to look at you and know, oh, they give a lot of money, so I want to I coddle up to them. I don't know what anybody gives in this church unless it's one of those woo, big checks. And then Diane comes in, oh, boy, we got this big check. That's the only time. So they won't be afraid of what's to come because they're secure in their faith. So when you're, give, when you're a giver, you're secure in your faith. You know, if I give, if, if he says, give that homeless guy a hundred bucks, you don't argue with God. Well, God, he doesn't need it. Well, he might go buy drugs with it. If God says give it, don't worry about what he's going to do with it. It's none of your business. Just be honest. Be faithful. All these promises... Your life will be shown to be steady and calm. It will influence others. They won't be forgotten. 
Man, if this text, if you really want a text on, how, on giving, instead of Malachi or Luke 6 or any of that, go back to Psalm 112 and read it. And see the blessings that come from being a giver. I believe that one of the reasons that Freedom Fellowship has always been debt-free is because our mandate from the very beginning, and y'all know this, the mandate from the very beginning was go to the center of the city and reach out to the poor, reach out to the homeless, reach out to the addict, reach out to the, the alcoholic, reach out to them and help them and give to them. When we didn't have a pot to pee in, I'm offended. <laughs> we had a lady come and say, I, need, I got an electric bill. They're about to cut off my electricity. And her bill, I said, well, how much is your bill? Her name was Denise. I said, how much is your bill? She said, 600 and something dollars. <clears throat> and I had to pray. <laughs> we didn't have, I don't think we had $600 in our bank account, did we? Mark, you remember? We didn't have much. And we wrote her, we, we went and paid her electric bill. We never actually gave people the money. We always went and paid their bills because we didn't, you know, we just, we weren't that trusting. We were wise, yeah. She, had used, to, she used to be a prostitute. She was a, a mess. A hot mess? Is that what you say now? She was a, like, extremely, extremely hot mess. She gave her life to Jesus, served the Lord, still serving the Lord. You know who found this building for us? She did. She said, Pastor Harold, I found a building. I said, Denise, where is it? She said, it's the old Verizon building downtown. I said, it's for sale? She said, yeah. We called the realtor and looked at it. and Now, here we are, debt-free. Never borrowed a dime for it. Come on. And I'm telling you, because of our food pantry and all many of our other ministries, Freedom Homes and Christian Veterans Outreach, and I could go on and on and on, all the, and the people we support, Don Babin, building a whole water well system in schools in Africa and and just doing so many incredible things in Mexico because of all that, because of you, because of all of you that are givers, that give your time, your talents. You go to Mexico, you work on the orphanages, and you do all these things. Because of all that, God says, I want to bless Freedom Fellowship. Amen. And he's blessed us. He's blessed us beyond belief. I'm just telling you, if you don't get this today, I don't know if you can get it. And I want to thank everyone in this place that's, that's given, past, present, and those of you that are going to start giving. Because I know that God's going to, you're going to reap what you sow. It's not going to be because of anything I do. It's going to be because of what you do and what God does through you and for you. When we first went into the ministry, uh, we, uh, we were part of a group called FCCM. And I won't go into all that, but that's who ordained to me. And the day I was ordained, that's when we met Ron Campbell and Don Babin. That organization's not there anymore, but we, we made these relationships. But the day they laid hands on us, all these elders spoke over us, these apostles. And, uh, whew, it's at one place. Uh, these apostles spoke over us in T.D. Hall. He's a, he's a 
man of just a saint. Uh, been serving the Lord for many, many years. He said, I hear something over you. I'll say, I hear a book of the Bible. And I, we said, what is it? He said, Acts chapter 20. He said, I just hear Acts chapter 20 over y'all. He didn't really know us. So Mary Lou and I, of course, we went and found, got the Bible. And did you know there's only, there's not many times in, in Acts that there's, it's written in red. But there's one verse in Acts chapter 20 that's in red. And it's not anywhere else in Scripture. It's not in the Gospels. It, it's amazing. And it's Acts 20, 35. And, and Paul says this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. I'm ringing up here, okay? He said, let me read that again. I have shown you in every way, speaking to the people before he leaves Ephesus, by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Now look at the next verse. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Nowhere else in Scripture. It's right there. Isn't that amazing? But it, it's prefaced by helping the weak to take care of the weak. Because he said, it's, you're going to be more blessed if you give than if you receive. We're, we're, we Americans, we're like the receivers. We always want to receive. And we have to change that mindset. That's, that's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because the world says, gimme, gimme, gimme. Whatever I have to do to get to the top. And I save, save, save. Don't give anything away. You never know what they're going to do with your money. And, and God says, give it away, give it away, give it away. If you want to get more, give it away. And the passion says this. Giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. How many want a far greater blessing? then you've got to learn this. You have to change your mind and start giving if you're not already. What you have is not yours. It does not belong to you. It is God's. And all he says is, I want a tenth of mine. Just hold off a tenth. Give that back to me. It's already mine. But actually, everything is God's. The car you drive, the house you live in, the kids you have, everything is God's. If you get that in your mind, then you won't be afraid to step out in faith and give. Worrying about, oh, if I give this, will I get it back? No, it's his principle, it's his promise. Last verse, verse 10. But the wicked take one look at a life lived like this, and they grit their teeth in anger, not understanding their bliss. <laughs> the world is not going to get it. They are not going to understand you. When you say, I did this, this, and this, and then, what do you mean you're helping those people? You know what? They don't want any work. They don't want to get a job. They're just a bunch of addicts. You think you're going to help these people and then help them? No. How stupid can you be? That's what the world will tell you when you try to help somebody that God's told you to help. I'm not telling you that you help everybody. You, you listen to the Holy Spirit, and you do what He tells you to do. You obey Him. Because he, he won't mislead you. Now, your own heart sometimes will mislead you, but not God. And if you do give out of compassion, and you didn't actually hear from God, but you just did it, that's okay too. That's okay too. The wicked slink away. Listen, this is what the, the wicked do. The ones that are hoarders that hold on to their stuff. The wicked slink away speechless in the darkness that falls where hope dies and all their dreams fade away to nothing at all. Nothing at all. Man, I do not want to be that guy. Do you? See, that's a sad ending. I, I was 
How many Psalms, if you read the Psalms much, how many of you know they start out, they're so good, they're so exciting, and then at the end they come to this, it's about the enemies, it's always about the, en- it's about the wicked, it's all that. And I wonder, Lord, why, do you, why did you have that in your word that way? And here's what he, that, that, that's the sad ending. But the reason I think you put it in there is because that's the warning. That's the warning. Say the warning. He says all these things, but there's a warning here. Look, if you want to end up like the wicked, this is, the, this is what your ending will look like. Let me, read you, let me share this story with you. Luke 12, 16. Put this in perspective. This is Jesus speaking. He spoke a parable saying to them, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And I want, you to, I want to highlight some things for you. And he thought within himself. He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. Y'all getting the message here? So he said, I will, his will, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build greater. And there I will store I will store all of my crops and all of my goods. Is he all about him or what? And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease and eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, then this night your soul will be required of you. Then those whose will those things be which you have provided. Who's going to get your stuff? So he, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not what? Rich toward God. How do you be rich toward God? You celebrate him, you praise him, you give, you serve, you surrender. Say, God, everything I've got is yours. You're thankful, you're full of gratitude. You may not even have much, but what you've got is so much more than so many people. We live like kings in this country. We live like kings compared to some third world countries. If that's not a strong warning about what we're supposed to do as believers, I don't know what is. And right down there, about ten verses later, Jesus says, But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do you want to live in the blessings of God? then you must be rich toward God, not toward yourself. He is our foundation. He is our purpose. He is our strength. Delight yourself in Him and just see what He will do to bless you abundantly, more than you can even think or ask or imagine. And not only in the process, He will bless your children and your grandchildren. That's His promise. That's not mine. That's His promise. There's a happy ending. I want to have a happy ending. So I just went back to the first verse. It's a triumph of faith. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in Him will cherish His words and be blessed beyond expectation. Now I want to make this personal, so get ready. I want you to say this after me. My descendants will be prosperous. My descendants will be influential. My generation and the next generation will be faithful and they will experience God's favor. They will experience great blessing. Wealth will fill the houses of the wise. 
And their integrity will endure forever. This is what the Lord showed me how to end this. I didn't know how to end it. And, may, and ministry team, be ready. Because you may be sitting there this morning and you don't have a marriage like Jeannie and Terry. Your house isn't in order. You don't see any blessings coming to your kids or your grandkids. You, you've messed up as parents. You've messed up as grandparents. I mean, which, one, which of us haven't at one time or another? And you may be feeling that the enemy is going to bring guilt and condemnation when you hear a sermon like this. Well, I'm not a giver. I'm not experiencing those things, Pastor. And this is the word I want to give to you this morning. It is never too late. It's never too late to begin. And and the Lord showed me this. And and you may think this doesn't apply, but he showed it to me. So I'm just going to tell you what he showed me. You remember the parable of of the workers in the vineyard? Matthew chapter 20. And, and I'm, gonna kinda, I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit. This, 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 this man had a vineyard, and so he needed laborers in the, in the field. And so he goes early in the morning, and he hires some men, and he says, this is what I'll pay you to work today for a full day's work. And then later on in the morning, he, he goes and he finds some other guys. He needs some more guys. And he finds some more guys, and he hires them. And then at noon, he hires some more. And then at 3 o'clock, and then at 5 o'clock. The last group of people that he hires is about 5 o'clock, according to, to the, the, the way it's pictured in the Bible. And so he, he hires all these people, and they work, uh, from some people from early in the morning to late at night, some from late in the day to not very late at night. You know, late at night, they didn't work near as many hours. Near as many hours. And then when it came time for them to be paid, he paid the last person first and he gave them a denarii or just to say a dollar bill or five dollar bill, whatever you want to say. But the one that worked a little bit longer, he gave them the same amount. The one a little bit longer, he paid them the same amount. The person who worked all day said same amount. And they were like upset. Why are you paying them? We worked all day. See, God says that picture is you can come to know him at your late stages in life. And you can be on your deathbed and receive heaven the same as a person that gave their life to Jesus at eight years old and served them all their life. You still get heaven. And it doesn't even make sense, does it? That doesn't even seem fair, but God's, God is God. He can do what He wants to. So I'm telling you this morning, I want to apply this this way. If you are in the late stages and you want to start some kind of legacy of faith in your family, it is not too late. I don't care if you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. It doesn't matter. He wants to start with you today. He wants to start with you today being a a person that delights in the Lord, that loves the word, that wants to give, that wants to bless and see the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. If Jesus tarries, wants to see them blessed. And if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you. I don't want this to be about guilt and condemnation. I want it to be about hope. I want it to be about the next generation that you're going to impact because today you're saying, I am going to stand on the rock today. I'm standing on the firm foundation. I repent of the way I've lived. I repent of not being that good father, that good mother, that good grandparent. I repent today, and today I'm going to start, and it's going to be a new day. It's going to be a new life for me, and then it's going to impact my kids, my grandkids. They may even be prodigals because of the way you lived. That doesn't matter. God can do a work in you today and do a work in them tomorrow. Amen. Y'all stand to your feet.